Hi, I'm Gerd Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker, and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier, and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another show of the Get Inspired with Gerds podcast. I'm your host and today I have a special guest with me who's helping people to tune into their life's purpose. Shannon Aljo is a speaker, coach and mindfulness teacher who has helped thousands of people around the globe activate their personal transformations and career growth. He's the founder of Soulfeed, an online platform that delivers inspirational content to over 160 countries. He's also a teacher at the Wonderlust Yoga Festival, and he understands what it takes to transform and empower from within. Shannon, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I just love the work that you're doing, and... I really want to know, kind of, and the listeners want to know, like, what was your life like before you became a mindfulness teacher? That's a great question. And sometimes it's hard to remember because I I so believe in mindfulness as a tool to keep me sane. So I sometimes wonder what I what I did before I had this this tool of getting still and connecting to myself. But I um I'll give you. I'll give it a try to answer the question. <laughs> um, I started off, uh, you know, when I when I was in college, I went to school for for theater wow. and specifically musical theater, and I was studying a lot of dance. I was studying a lot of uh, singing and voice and acting and uh, speech. And after school, and and in the last year of of my school, I realized that I didn't want to be a performer, that it wasn't my calling to be a performer. And I had done a lot of, uh, a lot of dancing and really sort of was like thinking of myself as a dancer at the time. And I remember my body was, I felt like I was trying to make my body into this perfect shape, this perfect form. So, you know, the audience would would like what they were seeing and it was all about using my body in a specific way to get a certain result so that everything would look pretty mm-hmm. and when i moved to new york i had no idea what i was doing with my life and i was invited by a friend to take a yoga class in new york city down in the east village a place called Yoga to the People. It's like free or donation-based yoga to the people, whoever whoever wants wow. to come practice. And I remember as soon as I got on the mat, I was I was on all fours. We were doing cat-cow, and the teacher was instructing us to move with the breath, which as a dancer, that was very easy for me to think of like moving with breath. It felt so good. And I closed my eyes, and I realized for the first time in a really, really long time that no one was watching me. Maybe the teacher was glancing every once in a while, but there were like 60, 70 people in the room. So no one was watching me. And I got to move my body for me. And mm. if we're being honest, I actually, my mindfulness practice really began way back when I was in Catholic school. I, I my, my first 10 years of school were uh, was at a Catholic school and we prayed. 
and we went to church and there were moments of stillness and silence. So when I got back on this yoga mat, I felt like I was connecting to the part of me that knew how to connect with God or that higher power, but I was doing it through movement and through breath. Mm. And so my life before I had mindfulness as a, as a practice was really disconnected from, from, from my higher self. I didn't have a, a gateway in, uh, you know, sometimes when we, when I was dancing on stage, I felt connected to a higher power, but I didn't have a daily practice where I could connect to my highest self intentionally. And so there was a lot of confusion there. You know, I was smoking weed. I was drinking a lot. I, uh, didn't know who I was because I was trying to figure that out, but I was kind of going to all the wrong places. So, so really, um, I credit the yoga and meditation practices to helping me connect back to my, myself and my highest self. Wow. I found what you just said was interesting about how you were already practicing mindfulness when you were younger in school. Um, I really resonate with that because I, my background is I'm Indian and I used to go to the temple as a kid and I would sit there and practice mindfulness. And I think a lot of us don't realize that we're already doing mindfulness, but we don't realize what it's called. Absolutely. Yes. There's so many moments where we are being mindful. <laughs> we have the opportunity to be mindful. And really, mindfulness to me is noticing what Eckhart Tolle calls the inner body, um, noticing our, our inner aliveness. So if I'm walking down the street, I could be on my cell phone, and many times I am, <laughs> but I also could maybe put my phone away for a moment and notice the sensation of my feet touching the ground. Noticing my feet touch the ground as my feet are touching the ground, that's a moment of presence. Um, or if I'm on my phone, noticing like how I'm scrolling and what I'm looking at as I'm looking at my phone, am I being mindful, present here? Or am I on autopilot and just kind of getting pulled in any which direction? And it's really important right now that we kind of wake up to this consciousness versus unconsciousness because there, with the internet and with social media, there's a lot of amazing opportunities to, to awaken, like this podcast. <laughs> um, but there's also a lot of opportunities to be just completely unconscious and on autopilot. So, so yes, my, mindfulness, we can do it. We can do it all the time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued about the yoga bit. I just want to take you back a little bit. So you you went to this yoga practice. So what happened next? So I things got worse before they got better. Um, it was my first year living in New York. I was 22. And even though that yoga practice felt really good, it was going to take a lot more practice to <laughs> to get me going on this path. Um, so, you know, that, that winter in New York was, was one of the most amazing years of my life. Looking back, there was a lot of great connection that happened that year. There was a lot of divine intervention that happened that year. But the truth is that in the experience of that year, I, I was living in a personal hell. Um, I didn't know how to support myself financially. I uh, could make rent 
but that but I couldn't make rent and eat. So I was kind of learning how, how do you make rent and make enough money to feed yourself. Um, I started smoking cigarettes, which was really bizarre because that never really appealed to me. Um, and I got sick like three or four times that winter because I wasn't taking good care of myself. So after that winter, in the spring, around April, I got invited again to a yoga class by another friend to a studio on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in New York. And and at that yoga class, I looked around the studio afterwards feeling amazing on my yoga high. <laughs> and I said, I need to come back here and I need to come back here every day. Wow. Um, and I was talking to one of the membership advisors to see how much it was to get a membership. And I turned around and I saw that someone was working at the front desk. And I said, well, if you work at the front desk, is it possible to take classes here? And he said, yeah, I can get you an application to apply to work at the front desk. So that's when I started working at Pure Yoga. And I just started taking as many yoga classes as I possibly could. Sometimes taking like two classes a day and learning from, excuse me, some amazing teachers. Wow. That is awesome. Wow. It was like handed to you. You needed a solution. And yoga was like your healing process and at the same time was also paying you in a way to survive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's it, it was a it was one of those divine moments where the universe just handed me this opportunity. Um, and then I didn't let the, the membership, the monthly membership cost get in the way. So I also jumped on an opportunity as well. And, and when I found out that I got hired, that I had been hired at that studio, I knew it was right because my whole body felt electrified. I just felt this big, like, yes, I, I knew it was the right place for me to be. And that's where I ended up doing my 200 hour training um, a year later. And so it was most definitely where I was meant to be. And it, it exposed me to so many different styles of yoga uh, because I had been practicing this yoga to the people vinyasa flow style. And I realized taking classes at, at Pure Yoga that there were so many different styles of teachers and teachings and I could really just learn and I loved so much that period where I just allowed myself to be a student and learn. Wow, that is so powerful. I, I love your journey. And guys, it just shows that anything is possible. If you want something and you really put your heart and soul into it 100%, the universe will help you to get whatever it is that your heart desires. And you're just proving that, Shannon. Like, I, I've never heard someone's story before like where they've said, I want this and I'll get it. And then it's just, it's happened that way. Yes, it's the it's the power of of mind, body, and spirit linking and aligning into one. You know, the if I only listen to my mind, then chances are I'm going to easily slip into my ego, become disembodied, and try and get something for the sake of having more, for the sake of looking good. But if I let it come into my body, and I I kind of fact check my thoughts. And if that thought feels good in my whole body and being, and it's an embodied thought, it's a good thought, and it's a good feeling, a good sensation, then then that can start to actually become my life energy. So that's like that's like this 
idea of each of us, all of us, are transmission towers. And the energy that we emit out, not just through our thoughts, but also through our physical energy, we attract similar energy to us. If I'm putting out joy, if I'm putting out authenticity, then chances are I'm going to attract some happy people or happy experiences into my life and also attract authentic people into my life. If I'm bullshitting myself, sorry if we need to beep that out, um, <laughs> but if, if, I'm, if I'm lying to myself, then chances are I'm going to, chances are people in my life are going to not be so comfortable telling me the truth. But if I stand in my truth and I am authentic and real, then people around me are authentic and real. So, so I think this, I think if you want to get something in your life, if you want to create something meaningful, then we, we can't just think about it. We have to, we have to embody it. It has to become who we are. It's like that idea of, of be what you seek. Mm -hmm. If you want love, be love. And, and I, that's what the yoga practice has given me is the opportunity to take all of these thoughts and these teachings and ideas and embody them, breathe them in and let go of the negativity and the limiting beliefs and the tension that gets stored in the body from fear. Wow. That was so beautiful. I just, <laughs> it's just taking, it's just blowing my mind. Wow. That is so true. And I can see why you do the work that you do and how you're helping people. I, I can feel it, the energy that you have. And I wanted to ask you, you know, so now you're a yoga and meditation teacher. So how are you helping people to find their life's purpose? So along the lines with what we were just talking about, in order to find your life purpose, you must be connected to your life energy. Our, our purpose, my purpose is not something outside of me. My purpose is something inside of me. It's like that analogy that we don't need to teach or train an acorn how to become an oak tree. The acorn it contains within it the intelligence to become the oak tree. Mm -hmm. So each of us, I believe, serves a function in the evolution of humanity. And through becoming and being an expression, a channel for energy, for love, for compassion, for truth, we, we allow our purpose to be activated through us. So step one in anyone, in, in, in me helping anyone to connect to their life's purpose is to recognize how how much energy is contained within your vessel. If I don't realize how powerful I am, then I can't create something powerful outside of me. So it's like this exploration of if, if there's something in me that I, that I am unwilling to love, then that thing is going to show up in a relationship or, <laughs> in a career frustration, you know, like everything that's happening outside of us is a mirror to what's going on inside. And that's why everything around us is our teacher. So, so I teach yoga, I, I teach yoga classes and workshops and, 
and work on exploring the physical component of this work, the somatic, physical tension that we're holding on to and how fear manifests itself in the body and how to align with freedom and expression and love through the physical body. I also work with people in uh, one-on-one coaching to to figure out who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? Why are you here? If each of us is here for a reason, why are you here? And don't tell me you don't know because, because you do. <laughs> the mind might not be able to articulate it, but, but there is a reason that you are here in this moment right now. Even if that moment is so incredibly challenging, you are here to explore that challenge, to learn the lesson that comes along with that challenge and to step forward onto your path with more confidence and strength. So, so that's a lot of what I do with life and career coaching is figuring out what is your why and then how do you activate that into bold manifestation, bold manifestation in the world. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's part of how, but I'd love to talk more about it if you have more questions about the details. Yeah, sure. So how, like with the coaching side, how long does it last for? Is it like a four week program? Is it a six week or is it dependent on the client? It's dependent on the client. Um, clients and I usually meet either every week or every other week for anywhere from like, I mean, some people just love to do one session and connect. Other people like to do, uh, you know, five months of coaching every other week. So like about 10 sessions, but it really just depends. I, you know, for me, the people that I work with, the healers and the coaches that I work with, they become lifelong relationships. People that I go back to, to check in, to, to hold space for me, to, to help me realize and help me connect to what I am unable to see on my own for whatever reason. So, so a coaching relationship to me might be like a brief encounter, setting someone on, on their path and giving them the encouragement and the work that they need for that moment. Or it could be a lifelong relationship that continues over time. And so it really, yeah, it really just depends on the person. Perfect. And say anybody would like to get in contact with you, what's your address? Yeah, so you can go to shannonalgeo.com. It's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-A-L-G-E-O.com. And if you go to the coaching page, actually anyone can set up a free 25-minute coaching consultation session with me. Um, Also, if you are in the U.S., you can text the word coach 25, all one word to the number three, three, four, four, four. And you can get that same link to sign up for a free coaching session. Amazing. And my next question for you is it's, it's about your podcast actually. So can you tell the listeners what it's about and the types of people that you've interviewed? Absolutely. So soul feed is a podcast that, um, started about two years ago and we interview inspirational thought leaders and authors like Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Sean Korn, Elena Brower, Carolyn Mace, Mastin Kipp, Gabrielle Bernstein. I think we have like 160 episodes now. Wow. And we started Soul Feed. Alex Kipp and I started Soul Feed together 
because we wanted to have inspired conversations, like really great conversations like this one where we're talking about (laughs) ideas and talking about life and talking about what's important to us and spirituality. But we wanted to record those conversations and share them with anyone who wanted to listen. So, you know, like, it'd be great to sit down with Deepak Chopra and just talk to him, but it'd be even better if anyone who wanted to hear that conversation could hear, could hear it. And so that was really the inspiration for soul feed. And in addition to interviews, we also, um, we do life coaching and advice episodes where we teach on different spiritual tools, coaching tools. And sometimes Alex and I do those together, or sometimes we'll each do kind of a 20 minute episode on our own. And so that's soul feed. And we, we've been blown away by the podcasting platform and community. And we've, you know, had downloads in over 160 countries and we were one of the top self-help podcasts on iTunes. And so it's just been a really amazing way to connect with people who we might not otherwise have connected with and to share these really big ideas and explore topics that that inspire us. What kind of response have you received? Oh my gosh. Well, it's, you know, some listeners have become friends, some have become coaching clients, some have become both. Um, We've gotten emails and tweets and Facebook messages uh, and just from from all over the world. And it's amazing how sometimes I'll record an episode, kind of one of my solo episodes where it's just me talking and I'm working through an idea like like I did the strengthen your forgiveness muscles episode mm-hmm. about, you know, how we're really bad at forgiving ourselves and we're really bad at forgiving others. And mm-hmm. and when I recorded that episode, I was working through exploring forgiveness and forgiving myself. And so when I hear back how influential that episode was to someone else, that's so incredibly meaningful to me because, because I needed that episode that day. And so what, what this podcast has taught me and what the response from it has taught me is that if I if I share authentically from my experience, that will inevitably resonate with the people who need to hear it as well. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. The the fact that you guys are changing lives just through interviews and your own experiences and the coaching work that you guys are doing is it's powerful. Thank you so much. And what you're doing is really powerful as well. So thank you for being a, a co-collaborator in this podcast world. Oh, <laughs> you're being too kind now. <laughs> um, my, day, no. we... <laughs> um, my day, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's gone so quickly. I can't, can't believe how fast it's gone. Um, I've got two questions left to ask you. Um, the first one is, what are you most grateful for in your life right now? I'm grateful for community, for community seen and unseen, the the community that I know and the community that I don't know. I think, you know, I was just traveling back to New York. I moved to LA almost five months ago and I was in New York this past week just for four days and I was blown away by my community, like the people who have raised me and held me up and supported me and encouraged me and and 
and the the students and the who have shown up to my classes and and you know it's like without without this relationship without this community without this willingness to come together and explore this work it's it's I don't know like I I, I don't know who I am or, or what what I do without it it's just I love my community so much and sometimes I sometimes I feel like oh I, I don't have a community and and just recently moving here to Los Angeles you know my community here isn't as isn't as known and as seen as my New York community is and was. And so I'm reminded again and again that people show up and, and people are there rooting for you, even if you can't hear it, even if you can't see it, even if you can't feel it, there are so many people rooting for, for me and for you and for all of us listening. And just because we're not getting that instant gratification or that validation or we're not reading it in an email or or the person isn't knocking down our door to, to tell us doesn't mean there aren't people out there just thinking of you and loving you and are and who are so grateful for you. So I'm grateful for people and for community. Oh, I feel like I want to cry. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. You're so right. Community is so important. I think sometimes we neglect it, don't we? Yeah, it's we're we're in this world where where everyone, you know, we're taught to pull pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and do it on our own and you know, everyone has to have a personal brand and you know, it, it's <laughs> it's time to work together. It's time mm-hmm. to hold each other up. It's time to to just recognize that I'm nothing without you and 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 that we really we really do um lift each other up. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And I think that, I think that, um, community is something that, that we have an opportunity to make even more important now than ever. Oh God, absolutely. Especially what's happening in America at the moment as well with new certain people in power. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the, the division in this country and and it expands beyond just just the United States, but the the division in the United States right now is is palpable, and and certain news cycles and news feeds play into that obsession with division mm. that that I am here and the enemy is over there, you know, like some people say, like the Democrats are are good and the Republicans are bad. Other people say the Republicans are good and the Democrats are bad. But the, the, the problem is our obsession with being separate, our obsession with categorizing and labeling and dividing people. So, I mean, I, yeah, when I say community, I don't just mean like-minded community, but I hopefully mean like-hearted community that I, I, I want to, come together I think we all need to come together with people who think differently than than us and realize that we have much more in common than we do different and that our differences can be accepted and and loved and when we when we come when, when I when I take on this division 
in politics or in this country or in any country with love, Mm -hmm. with a reminder that we are all in this together and with a willingness to listen to someone who is, you know, saying something different than, than what I would say and learn from their life experience, then, then I'm contributing to a transformation of, of the way that this system is working. So we have to look at how we're, you know, making enemies and, (laughs) and really put out a lot of love. (laughs) I resonate with what you're saying. And you remind me of that saying, we rise by lifting each other. And I guess it's just listening to each other and rather than like you said judging we just need to come together and say this is my this is what I think and the other person says what they think and come to some form of balance. Exactly exactly and so many people have told me stories of how their family members or their spouse's family members voted for Donald Trump and they Mm -hmm. came to they were all at Thanksgiving together just right after the election on on uh in at the end of november and no one spoke about it it was this tension at the table no one spoke about anything related to politics or the election and that was you know that was their way of coping or of like getting by or of of being loving towards one another just completely silencing that from the room even though the you know a lot of these people in, in this uh, situation, this friend that I'm thinking of were very, very politically active, had a lot of passion around it. And so I just think like, if we can't talk to each other, if we have to sweep it under the rug or shove it in the back closet, then that's not healing. That's scary. And that's, that's a deep divide. And we need to be able to talk to one another, even if, especially if we disagree. And if we can't talk to each other, then, then we have some work to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'll meditate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As you were saying that, it got me thinking, it's almost like when there's, you know, the stereotypes we have out in the world. Um, It's like, for example, I'll give I'll give my viewpoint for example like I'm Indian so growing up I used to have a lot of people saying you know do you have an arranged marriage um do you go out clubbing all these silly questions but that's because that's a set of viewpoints they've been taught to think that way so when people would ask me those questions I would break down that barrier and make them realize that not every Indian person's like that that's a small proportion of Indians that are like that so it's kind of like the same with politics that we need to we need to kind of get the people who have got those stereotype views to come together with the people who they think are in the stereotype and both kind of educate one another to realize that we're on the same ground. It's just different thoughts or maybe yes. interpreted in the wrong way. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. And it's like, it's, I, I read this somewhere around the U S election. I read this quote, it's hard to, it's hard to hate someone when they're right in front of you. Meaning it's really easy to hate people when they're, they look like a random internet troll and you're just kind of attacking people online. And, and that's the danger with social media and especially with, with arguing and putting out negative energy to people on social media. The, the danger of it is that the, that the enemy is not real. 
it's a perceived enemy. So someone could make a comment and the asshole in my head <laughs> could really hate them and think that they're this horrible person. But really, I have no idea who they are because they're just words on a screen. It's literally an illusion. But it's registering in me as, as, as hate and as um, evil. But that person might be like a nice grandma, you know? So I don't know. Like, I don't know. And so we need to be with each other. Yeah. You know, so many people in America are are generalizing about about Muslims and are afraid mm -hmm. of Muslims. I mean, many people are many 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 people are supporting Muslims right now and standing with the Muslim community. Yeah. And but but I think one of the reasons that a lot of you know Americans who don't have Muslim communities in their areas in their in their cities or other states you know, we're, we're afraid of what we don't know. So we need to know each other better. Mm -hmm. We need to know each other because when we, when we really know each other and we have relationship, then we, then we can love each other. Then we aren't afraid of someone who ha has a different culture or a different way of living their life than, than, than me. I can, I can become a part of your culture. Maybe I can go to a mosque with you. I can pray with you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we need to, we really do need to come together with people who we're afraid of. I think, I think if, if I'm afraid of someone, I should go spend some time with them. <laughs> <laughs> that, do you know what? That was, that took me back actually to a time when I was really young. That's so true what you're saying. Um, growing up, um, I lived in an area where we were the only Asian family <laughs> and mm. my next door neighbor was like a third grandma to me. She was English. And Gladys just saw us as love and we saw her as love. And she, she was like my third grandma and we'd she'd come over to ours and have food and we'd go to hers and play the piano and when she got sick in hospital I went to go see her and um I asked for her I said okay I'm Gladys where is she and they said who are you and I said I'm a granddaughter and the woman looked at me like I was mad <laughs> here's this brown girl saying that this English lady is her, her grandma I said we're, we're related and so I went over and yeah it's, it's, you're right when it's nothing to do with color or race or anything or religion it's just everything's about love and when you have that love like none of this means anything exactly exactly and that's our that's our it's really the the ego the ego you know the, that's the ego mind the ego mind wants to label and rate and classify and judge and so our obsession with the external, with how people look, with how different they are from us, that is the ego. In the presence of love, the ego serves love. So the ego isn't bad. The ego gives me the confidence and the courage and the purpose to really show up and use my voice and put myself out there. But if I let the ego completely take over, then I'll become sort of some sort of narcissist maniac. So love is the is the needs to be the primary force that exists. And so with your story of Gladys, like you were just this this girl, this being full of love wanting to connect with your grandma Gladys. <laughs> and that's 
And that's a beautiful thing. And, and that's, yeah, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. That's okay. Like, to be honest, I didn't even know what my own skin color was because I was raised to see everybody as the same. It was only till I was six years old, somebody said to me, you're not the same color as me, that I <laughs> I licked my, my my hand to say, why am I not the same? <laughs> <laughs> and then my parents told me, obviously, but yeah, I, I'm so grateful for my parents actually raising me that way to realize that we're all equal and we're all love and I think like you said before it's that's that's all that's the key there's nothing else we like you said we're holding ourselves back from these silly stereotypes that have been ingrained from thousands of years from people that didn't really understand it they've just made an assumption rather than going to the person saying hey is this true or not exactly and and now and now you know one of the one of the light attributes of social media is that we we can see so many things going on in the world. We can be exposed to people who are different than us. So I think the next step is to get it offline and get into real community with people who are different than us and learn, learn a new language, go to a different place of of faith and practice and learn about other cultures and experience it, Become, become family with other families. And I just think like, the more that we, the more that we love one another, the less we um, are focused on how we're different and how, not only how we're different, but how we quote unquote should hate one another for any reason at all. It's like, no, we should love each other. Yeah. My last question <laughs> is, what are your five top tips for someone who's trying to activate their purpose? I love it. Five top tips for someone who's trying to activate their purpose. Um, so my first tip for that would be goals. So goals grounded in goodness grow. So what I mean by that is when we set a goal, when we have an intention to create something in our lives, to attract a certain relationship, to get into or to get a job that we want, to make a certain amount of money, to do anything in the world, that's a goal. Goals are interesting because who is setting that goal? Is my ego setting the goal or is this my soul? that is setting the goal. If my, if my soul is setting the goal, that means that the goal is good. And by good, I mean, it is rooted from something that's higher than me. It's, it's a part of my calling. And so in my experience that when I set goals that are grounded in goodness, magic happens. There's so much ease around those goals. And it doesn't mean that there aren't certain challenges and there isn't work to be done and I don't have to put myself out there and make myself uncomfortable sometimes trying something new. But you, we've all heard of being in flow or synchronicity or you know, the universe just offered this opportunity. Well, that's because you are aligned. Your goal is aligned with your why, your purpose, your reason for being here. So 
we need to look at where our goals are coming from in order to understand if it's a goal worth pursuing. The second thing is that we need to trust in the divine timing of, of our lives. So a lot of times I'll want something and I'll want it to happen fast. I'm like, okay, I want it. So <laughs> where is it? Like, I want to do this. So why isn't it happening? And it can be so easy when we want something to actually be obsessed with the lack mentality. And so it's like, well, I want this thing to happen, but I'm like, actually, all of my energy is focusing on how I don't have it. And then we kind of get down on ourselves and it's like, oh, this is really discouraging and I don't feel good and, and it's never going to happen. And then we start to play out these, these limiting beliefs. And then we, we disconnect ourselves from, we disconnect ourselves from the power of the life force. Uh, the, from the power of the calling. So we have to trust in the divine timing because there is a divine timing and things will show up in that divine timing. Things will not show up when the ego is ready. They will show up when the timing is right. So, so we need to trust in that because that trust gives us a confidence that we know that the universe has our back. Um, the third thing I would say is practice, not perfection. So everything is a practice. Your career is a practice. Your physical workout every day is a practice. Your meditation is a practice. Your relationship is a practice. There is no end result. There is no finish line. This is a practice. We, we think of our lives as this like linear path a lot of times, but really we, we live in a cycle. <laughs> the earth is spinning around the sun. Um, we are on this earth spinning, you know, going through the seasons. And so we need to recognize that there are different seasons to our lives and we just need to be in practice with ourselves and have a certain gentleness with ourselves and remember that we don't have to be perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's so much better when we're not because if we're perfect, then there's nothing to learn. And we might as well just stop because we're, we're done. <laughs> so practice. And then the fourth thing is to ask yourself, is what you are serving others, serving the world, serving you? So is what you're serving, serving you? What I mean by this is if I'm wanting to help people learn how to meditate. Am I meditating? Am I receiving the medicine that I'm wanting to give out? I see this a lot in myself and in a lot in the healing, coaching um, community, in the medical community. I, I see it a lot. <laughs> people are not giving themselves what they're putting out. And what that is, is that's an energetic leak. That is a recipe for burnout. So is what you are serving, serving you. You must be served so that you can serve. And then the last thing, number five, um, is to make, it, make love your bottom line. Love is the power of the whole world, all of the energy moving through you. 
this is a powerful, powerful force. This is this is God working through your cells, your thoughts, your heart, through your feet, through who, through every step that you take. When you allow this force of love to work through you, you don't have to worry how it's all going to end up. You don't have to worry about the outcome. You just have to show up and love. And when I do that, when I see other people do that, everything falls into place and things get really easy. <laughs> so that's those are my five. I love those five top tips. Wow. They were really beautiful. And just thank you for sharing your story and everything for today. We're definitely going to get you back on the show. And yeah, if anybody wants to find you, what's your website address again? So my website is shannonalgio.com. You can also uh, go to thesoulfeed.com, which is our podcast website. Um, I'm shannon.algio on Instagram. I love Instagram. <laughs> and I'm Shannon Algio on Facebook. You can friend me or like my page or both. And I would love to stay in touch and connect. So th- thank you for listening. And Gerds, thank you so much for having me on the show. My pleasure. I just love the work that you're doing. I actually love who you are as well. And yeah, we're going to get you back on the show definitely soon. Yay. Well, I love you back. And <laughs> we'll have to do an episode for Soul Feed too with you. Yeah, sure. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to say bye now. So take care. Thanks so much. What an amazing interview with Shannon. I truly loved that interview because everything that Shannon said really resonated with me and I'm sure it will resonate with you guys too. So do check out his website. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Don't forget that you can find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with GERDS. That's G-U-R-D-S. You can also find me on Twitter at I am GERDS where I bring you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes and tips about life. And also, I have a 21-day abundance program that is coming out next week. And before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Go within every day and find the inner strength so that the world will not blow your candle out. That's a quote by Catherine Dunham. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye.